welcome to the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where personal finance is about the person, not the numbers, and budget isn't a four-letter word anymore. Here is your co-host and certified professional financial coach, Kelsa Dickey. Hey everyone, it's me, Coach Kelsa, and I am really excited for today's episode. I'm going to be sharing with you details about net worth and savings rate calculations, and you are going to see a very giddy Kelsa because I love this stuff. I think it is one way to get really fired up with your finances, and we're going to be diving deep into what do these numbers mean? Why do you need to know them? How do you calculate them? I'm also going to talk about some of the pros and cons of using these numbers because they're not perfect either. Uh, Once you know what they are, I'm going to share with you some next steps that you can take Um, once you've gained that awareness. And then also we're going to tackle how do you improve and strengthen your net worth and your savings rate. So buckle up, buttercup. We are going to dive in. You may know that, you know, we believe that knowing your income, knowing your expenses, having a budget, those are all super important tasks, of course. But just as important are numbers that show you the bigger picture of your financial situation. And that's where net worth and savings rate come into play. With our budgets, we can focus on daily or weekly choices. And that is really important. We see the finer details of our financial decisions and everyday choices. I want you to think of your net worth and savings rate as the bigger picture or bigger snapshot of where you stand financially at any one given point. And if we're not careful, sometimes we can forget to see the forest through the trees, so to speak. If we become so hyper-focused on our budget, while that is really a very important tool for us to use to plan ahead with our money and to get a good handle on what's coming up, if we're not careful, we can focus too closely on the here and now and not see the future and the bigger picture with our money. By doing your net worth, you can see your overall position and then track it and set goals with it. It can give you a bigger purpose with your money and a bigger purpose to tracking every dollar. Also, while you can have a bad week or even a bad month with your spending or with your budget, you really shouldn't have a bad year and your net worth can show you that bigger trend. Your savings rate is the percentage of your income that you put towards financial progress. So for every $1 you make, how much goes towards your future? That can be a very enlightening number to first identify, but then also focus on improving it from one year to the next. One thing I want you to keep in mind as we dive into these concepts is that not every client loves both their savings rate calculation and knowing their net worth. But I would say that every client loves one of them at least, okay? So I love them both. I know Jill loves them both. But not every client loves both of them. Chances are you're going to find one that really paints a very clear picture for for you. You love knowing it. You love tracking it. And the other one might just fall a little short, and that is okay. They will usually impact the way you see your budget, the way you think about your financial situation, and both of these numbers can be very motivating. So yes, like I said, there are a lot of reasons why they're important, so let's dive in to better understanding them. The first, let's start with net worth. I love calculating my net worth. I really do. I get so jazzed about it, so I hope this encourages you to jump on this bandwagon with me. Let's start with 
me asking you, what does net worth mean to you? When you hear it, what comes to mind? Most people, most clients have heard of this before. They've heard of net worth before. But I will say that quite a few people don't really know why they should care about it or why it really matters. So if you're feeling sort of the same way, that's okay. So if you're like, yeah, I've heard of net worth before. I think I understand it, but it feels like a very flat response or um, not something that you really care all that much about. That is okay. We actually see that quite often. It's like this, this word that's thrown around and I think it's important, but I really don't understand why it's relevant to me. Well, I am going to help you with that today in this episode. The definition of net worth is defined as the difference between assets and liabilities. Wah, wah, super lame. I'm really sorry. That is very blah. So here's how I would like to explain it to you. It is everything you own minus everything you owe. So think about that. Everything you own, maybe a house, a car, maybe a couple cars if you and your spouse have one, maybe some items like jewelry, Um, or a piece of art that maybe has some value to it, what you have in your bank accounts or investments at work, let's say, so the balance in those. Total all of those things up, those are your assets. Those are all of the things that you own. Total all of those up, and then we're going to subtract what you owe. So you might owe a mortgage on that house. You may have a car loan or a couple. You may have a balance on credit card or student loan debts. Uh, Maybe you owe money to a family member. These are all things that you owe. So you're going to take everything you own and subtract everything you owe. So if you were to guess right now, based on what I just described to you, and hopefully you're not calculating anything just yet, but you might be doing some mental calculations, what would you guess your net worth to be? What do you think your net worth is? Just guess. Typically net worth, for those of you who don't know, is stated as a number, so a dollar amount. So try to guess what you think it is, and I want you to write it down very quickly for me. So on a post-it note or on a scratch sheet of paper, jot down whatever number or thought is coming to your mind. And when I say what thought, it's at this point that a lot of clients, when we're doing this for the very first time, will oftentimes say something like, oh, I bet it's negative. Or what's a bad net worth? I bet you that's what mine is. Or, oh God, this is not going to be pretty. You know, they'll, they'll usually say something along those lines at this point. So maybe you think your net worth is negative. Write that down. Maybe you think, I don't know, maybe it's around $10,000 positive. Write that down. Maybe you think you have a million dollar net worth. I want you to write that down. I also want you to not only guess a number, I really and truly want to encourage you to write down the thoughts that are coming to your mind right now. Are you thinking like, oh God, I don't want to know what this is? Uh, are you thinking like, oh, this will be fun. I, I can't wait to see what it is. I really want you to have that awareness. Awareness of your thought patterns is so important to the work that we do. So I want you to write down the number and I also want you to write down any thoughts that also pop up. So I'll give you guys just a minute to do that. Great. Great. So that's what we're starting with, is this general idea, the general theory, and some general thoughts of 
us guessing what we think of that, right? So that's where we're starting. The next step is that I need you to truly calculate your net worth. And here's the thing is I've got a tool that we created to help you with this. Uh, So you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 88. So you can go to fiscalfitnessphx.com forward slash episode 88 to download a net worth tool that we created that will help you to calculate this. You're simply going to plug in your numbers where we ask you to plug them in on this worksheet and voila, it's going to be really easy. You might have to do a little bit of research. You might have to find some numbers, like go log into your mortgage statement or something like that. You can also you know, do a bit of a guesswork if you're not totally sure. You can plug in some estimates and that's okay as well. So calculating your net worth is really important, and that is our second step. So first step is learning the general concept and making a guess of what we think it is. Number two is calculating our net worth. I want you to reflect, assess, and then truly challenge this knowledge going forward. So once we learn a little bit and we learn what our own net worth is, the next step is to take it up a notch, right? So after you calculate your net worth, I want you to ask yourself how you feel about this number. If you have the tool in front of you, you've gone to fiscalfitnessphx.com forward slash episode 88. Go ahead and hit pause on this episode while you calculate your net worth and then come back and hit play. All right. So let's say you're back and you have calculated your net worth and I really want you to figure out how do you feel about this number. Are you pleasantly surprised? Are you a bit disappointed? Do you feel really proud of it? Do you feel a little sad? Maybe you feel kind of neutral about it. Like, eh, okay, whatever. (laughs) That's okay too. The next thing that I want you to do is I want you to ask, how does it stack up to what you expected it to be? So when we first started and you guessed a number, how did you do? How close were you to guessing? How does the actual net worth figure compare to what you thought it was going to be? The reason I think this is so important is I've observed something over the past 10 years with clients, and that is that most clients guess their net worth is way less than what it ends up actually being. And I think that is an incredibly valuable point to realize, that you might not have been giving yourself credit in one area of your finances, that you were doing better than what you were giving yourself credit for. And if that's accurate, In what other areas of your money are you possibly not giving yourself enough credit? Where are you assuming that you're doing worse than you really are? We can bring to light one area right now, right in front of us. So it is likely that there are other areas as well. And I think that that is a very important illustration to demonstrate. Okay, so simply ask yourself, How did I do and how did I think I was going to do? And now we want to dive a little deeper into assessing our net worth. So based on what we're already doing, so you're likely paying your mortgage every month and a little bit of your mortgage payment goes towards principal, which means the balance on your mortgage one year from now would be slightly less. 
you are likely making payments on your debts, on credit cards, student loans. And again, some of that payment is going towards principal. Some of it is going to interest and some of it's going to principal. But the amount going to principal is improving your net worth for next year. You are maybe saving to a 401k at work or a 403b or other investments. And can you estimate what that is? So are you doing 3% of your income? And if so, that will likely continue to improve. By quickly going through all the things you're already doing that will positively impact your net worth for one year from now, can you put together a very quick estimate for what your net worth could be one year from now? And when I say quick, we typically do this very quickly. I'm not going to get out a future value calculator. I'm not going to calculate interest. I'm really just going to be like, okay, about this amount goes to principal. And if I multiply that by 12 months, my mortgage should go down about this amount next year. Okay, so again, very quick. We're not going for 100% accuracy here. In other words, what we're trying to better understand and what we're trying to visualize is if we just keep doing what we're already doing, what will my net worth likely be one year from now? That's what we're trying to see. And then what I want you to to notice is what is the swing from now until next year? So what is that difference? So if you are at 10,000 this year, and with all the things you're doing, paying a little bit extra to principal on things, putting a little bit into your work investments, of all of those things, maybe your net worth goes up to 18,000 next year. You created a swing of $8,000 in one year. This is the culmination of all of the good choices and all the good actions you're taking every day, every week, and month throughout the year. And it can seem small. It can be like, oh, well, 3% is only a, a little amount going into my investments, or only so much is going to my mortgage, or so much of my payments actually going to student loans on you know the principal. It can seem so small when we're looking at it from the budgeting standpoint. It's a little here and a little there. But what we can see in our net worth is that it can add up to create a massive swing. And if we can keep doing that year after year, just keep doing what we're doing, it helps us to see that the momentum is in our favor. So based on the projection for next year, what's a stretch goal that I can establish for my net worth? Is there a milestone that I can shoot for? So am I going to be positive next year? So maybe you are negative this year. Maybe your net worth is negative, maybe because of student loan debt or something like that. But next year, if you keep doing what you're doing, maybe you'll finally reach the point where it's positive. Even if it's positive $5, that is a really important milestone. Maybe your net worth will reach the six-figure amount next year, so it'll exceed $100,000. Maybe you're at the $250,000 milestone, and this is where whenever a client is about to hit two fifty dollars with their net worth, I want you to know we never say $250,000. We always say quarter of a million. It's the exact same number, but quarter of a million dollar net worth just has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? And it makes it feel so cool. Same with 500000 
you don't have a $500,000 net worth, you have a half a million dollar net worth. So just something to think about, a little playful um, plan words that you can do there. Maybe you're about to hit your first $1 million net worth. And if you could just stretch what you're doing a little bit more, you'll hit that milestone that much faster. So, and again, I have a checklist. Not only is there a tool that will help you calculate your net worth, but the the handout in the worksheet that we provide guides you through every single step that I am listing off in this episode. So if this is a little overwhelming for you, please go to the show notes, episode 88, download the handout and carve out some time on a Sunday or a Saturday or late at night after you put the kids to bed to walk through this analysis for yourself. I promise you it can be incredibly motivating. Once you know your net worth and you've projected what it could be a year from now if you keep doing what you're doing, and then you've set a goal for next year, the next question I want you to ask yourself is, how often would I like to calculate my net worth? So was this something that was really cool for me? I found it kind of easy. It was kind of fun. And so I'd like to do it every month. Or maybe I want to do it once a quarter or twice a year, okay? Um, Or is it something that you want to see the big swing, so you want to do it once per year? And this is where Jill and I differ a little bit, and we really want you to figure out what will work best for you. Jill likes to calculate her net worth every single month. She loves doing it, and she likes to see how every month it's improving. I like to do mine once per year because I like to see the big swing from one moment to the next. I actually don't want to see the smaller swings. I keep my budget really dialed in and I know that I'm throwing money towards my goals every month. I like to see the really big number in my net worth one year later and see the the huge culmination all at one time. Total personal preference. One is not right and the other wrong. It really just comes down to if you are focusing on your picture you know, your financial picture as a whole, that is the purpose in whatever way that feels most relevant to you. So how often would you like to calculate your net worth? Answer that question for yourself and then set a reminder on your calendar to make sure it happens. Calculate net worth should be a task that is set to recurring on your calendar for as often as you want to be getting it done. That is the final step to put the steps in place to ensure that you don't forget to do this and it stays front of mind, it stays present for you at whatever interval you want. So that is your net worth. Please let us know. We love when our clients share that their net worth. I believe no matter where you're at, you should be incredibly proud of it because it is the first day of the rest of your life once you know this number. And it is your starting off point. It's one of those things that what you know now is better and you're going to make it better as a result of that. So no matter what you're starting from, that is your starting point and you should be really proud of it. So we encourage people to share it. If you want to hop on over into our Fiscal Fitness Facebook group, and share that, please do. Even if you just want to announce that you calculated it, you don't even have to share the number. That's okay. But you want to give yourself a little bit of credit, give yourself a pat on the back for calculating it. We know it can be scary and it can be hard and we're proud of you and we want to celebrate that with you. Now let's dive into savings rate next. So savings rate is something that I do calculate monthly. Monthly, I like knowing my savings rate every single month, even though I don't calculate my net worth every month. So here's the definition of savings rate. 
the amount of money expressed as a percentage or ratio that a person deducts from his disposable income to set aside as a nest egg or for retirement. Oh, barf. Who makes these definitions? Seriously, I don't, I mean, it's fine, I guess, but it's just sort of blah, isn't it? Here is what I want you to know about your savings rate. It is essentially how much of every dollar you're making that goes towards your financial progress. So if you are bringing in $1 and your savings rate is 10%, then that gives you an idea, 10 cents of every dollar goes towards your financial progress, your financial future, and the other 90 cents of that dollar is being spent. Okay, so your savings rate is how much of every dollar that you're making goes towards your own financial progress or financial future. It can be a very powerful number to track and to focus on, and strengthening this number likely is what will build momentum and gain even more traction with your net worth, and we're going to explain why in just a second. Let me give you an example first before we go much further. Let's say your income is $4,000 per month and you put $400 towards your financial goals each month, such as savings or investments or paying extra to your mortgage or paying extra to the principal on debt. The $400 out of your $4,000 income is a savings rate of 10%. That means for every dollar you make, 10 cents of that is going towards financial growth and the other 90 cents does not. So your income is 4,000 and you're putting 400 towards good things, hence the 10% savings rate. If you could put just $40 more per month into savings, your savings rate would go from 10% to 11%. You increased it by 1% with just $40 more per month. Based on the description that I've given you and the quick example that I provided, what would you guess your savings rate is? Just like for your net worth, I want you to guess a number or percentage, and I want you to write this number on a scratch sheet of paper or a post-it note. I want you to do that really quickly. So what percentage do you think your savings rate is? And I know you haven't calculated yet. That's totally the point. I want you to guess before you actually know. And what do you think about savings rate? This is another perfect example where people are like, oh gosh, I don't know, like, 0.5%, you know, and they'll crack a joke kind of thing, right? Uh, They can be a little demeaning with this stuff. I'm telling you, people are not giving themselves credit on the front end. So if you're doing the same thing right now in your head, it's very, very normal. I promise you, we see it all the time. I want to give you a quick comparison, some of the things you might hear. And I'm also going to go over some pros and cons. I think it's important that you know what you might hear about savings rates and how that might be different than the way I'm teaching it to you right now in this episode. You will read or hear that a 10 to 20% figure is a strong savings rate. I feel like I hear that all of the time, to shoot for 10 to 20%. I'm going to squash that, so I actually don't want you to compare at all. I just want you to focus on your own, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. In December of 2019, 
the U.S. savings rate was 7.6%. And in the handout that you can download at episode 88, uh, the show notes, there is a whole separate handout for the savings rate. It links to where you can find this data. And the United States tracks the average savings rate across um, Americans for uh, every single month. And so you can actually find this and just track it if that is something that intrigues you. I provide the link uh, so that you can do that. But in December 2019, the U.S. savings rate was 7.6%. Here are some of the pros of your savings rate. It is simply one more building block that you can use. It's one more number you can track, and some numbers will fall flat for a person, and another number will completely motivate them, and this is just one more tool that you can have in your back pocket. A savings rate provides awareness And it's one more way that we can challenge ourselves to do better. And it helps to prevent lifestyle creep. And here's why. If your income is $4,000, like we talked about in that example, and you get a raise and your income becomes $4,500 per month, but you don't put any more to savings or you simply spend that difference every month, your savings rate as a percentage will actually decline. So in order to maintain your savings rate when your income goes up, you must also increase the amount that you are doing good things with. And that is a positive thing, right? Like we want that to happen. The more money you make, the easier it is for your expenses to simply increase in comparison. And by tracking your savings rate before a raise and after, it is one way that you can prevent that lifestyle creep. Here are some shortcomings of savings rate. Oftentimes when you hear savings rate discussed, they are referring to the percentage of your income that goes towards retirement or investment assets only. It does not consider money that goes towards financial progress overall, where how we calculate it is um, the amount of money going towards your financial progress. So paying down your mortgage, paying down principals on debt or student loans or um, saving money for a real estate investment property because some of our clients do want those things and they want investments, okay? So we look at it from an entire picture of financial progress, but oftentimes when you hear people talking about savings rate or you read an article, they may be referring to it solely as the amount of money going towards retirement or investments, The other shortcoming is the comparison factor. We want your goal to be to improve or strengthen your own savings rate and not to compare it to averages or others. This idea of 10 to 20%, some people will be like, oh, I'm at 15, so I'm good, when really everyone's figure what they should be at is unique to them because it has to do with, well, what do you want to accomplish in your life? And what do you need money for in order to accomplish those things? And so the ranges tend to provide more confusion than anything. Not only that, but let's say you calculate it and you say, I'm at 21%. So you're like, oh, I'm good. So the next time you get a raise, you don't feel any encouragement to save more because you're already doing better than this you know, figure that's out there. And I actually believe the higher you can get your savings rate, the the better your life can be. So we want to continuously focus on improving this figure, no matter where you stand in comparison to what the averages are. 
Just a couple of more tips uh, for those of you listening. Typically, we don't count sinking funds or the savings buckets as savings uh, for the savings rate calculation. Typically, we will have savings accounts for travel or car maintenance or home renovations or kids' expenses and that sort of thing. And when even though these are savings accounts and we're putting money in them, the purpose of this money is to be spent, not to be saved. So we don't count it towards our savings rate. Emergency savings that is meant to just sit there forever, hopefully, and long-term investments are definitely considered in our savings rate. Your minimum payments to your credit cards are typically not considered part of your savings rate, but any additional amount paid towards principal does count. So if you have a minimum payment of $35 and you pay that, probably doesn't count because the bulk of that's going to go towards interest. Or I just don't really want you looking up every single you know principal portion of that every single month. It can be pretty cumbersome, and it's not the amount of effort and work involved doesn't result in that much more value for our savings rate. So, but if you were to make the minimum payment and then at the end of the month with extra money throw an extra $250 to the principal of your credit card, that 250 would go towards your savings rate calculation. The idea here is that it is improving your financial um, situation and Once you are debt-free, that extra money is hopefully going to go towards investments. It's hopefully going to go towards savings. It's going to be redirected, but it's still going towards financial progress, which is why we include it as part of your savings rate. It is also one of the ways that we ensure and encourage our clients to stay motivated even after they've gotten out of debt. Because if you're not counting it towards your savings rate, and you and then you get out of debt and you have some extra money those months because you're now debt free if you aren't including it in your savings rate there's nothing to encourage you to keep your savings rate high and so you could just spend that money where if it is com- considered part of your savings rate even after the debt is gone if you don't do something good with that money if you don't instead of paying off debt redirect it to, you know, investments or your 401k or Roth area or whatever your financial advisor might be advising you to do, then your savings rate will actually decline after you get out of debt. And this knowing your savings rate from one moment to the next can actually encourage you to not let that happen and to continue doing good things with your money even after you're out of debt. So like I said, we've got some groovy spreadsheets for you guys. We've got some groovy handouts that will help you with savings rate and with net worth. So the next step, um, now that you have a bit of an understanding of what savings rate is, why it is important for you to know how it can serve you really well, and you've guessed what you think your percentage might be, now I need you to go calculate your savings rate. So again, fiscalfitnessphx.com forward slash episode 88. You're going to find your numbers and enter them into the spreadsheet, into the tool that we provide you with, and it will give you your percentage. It will help you to calculate your savings rate. And it is an important step to take because next, just like with your net worth, I want you to reflect, assess, and truly challenge this newfound knowledge. I don't want you to be passive about any of this information. I want you to take action on it, and I want you to be super engaged. And so these are the steps that I want you to take. Once you calculate your savings rate, I want you to ask yourself how you feel about that number. Are you pleasantly surprised? 
Are you disappointed? Do you feel proud of it? Do you feel sad? Maybe just like net worth, you could also feel fairly neutral about it. Maybe you're just like, huh, that was interesting, right? Um, Any and all reactions are okay, but I want you to gain awareness of exactly how you feel with this figure. If it's 2%, that means two cents of all your hard-earned income is going to your financial progress, and 98 cents is going to something other than your financial growth. How does that make you feel? If your savings rate is 30%, 30 cents or almost one third of every dollar you make goes towards your financial progress. What is your reaction to that? Take a few minutes, please pause this right now and journal out what you think about it. Sit for a few minutes and simply reflect on exactly what this percentage means to you. And then once you're done doing that, you can come back, hit play, and we will continue. Once we have this awareness, our next step is to really challenge our savings rate. And we want to determine how can we strengthen it by just 1%. So what I want you to do is take your net income, which is listed on the spreadsheet we're providing. It's the amount of money less taxes each month. And I want you to multiply this by 0.01 or 1%. So if your income is 4,000 per month, and I multiply that by 0.01 or 1%, that gets me $40. So a 1% increase means I need to find $40 per month in my budget. And I want you to know the dollar amount. Oftentimes we think of percentages and it doesn't, it's not uh, tangible enough for us. It's a very normal thing. So if you hear percentages sometimes and it kind of glosses over in your mind, and it's not meaningful, try to calculate a dollar amount figure, and it can oftentimes make that theory or that concept much more tangible. So I want you to know the dollar amount that you're looking for. So in this case, if your income is 4000 a month, 1% means 40 bucks per month. So I need to find $40. I need to trim an expense, eliminate something, raise my income slightly, or simply redirect some of my extra discretionary income toward my financial progress instead of spending it. It's just $40 a month. That's it. That's all I got to find in order to raise my savings rate just one more percent. So the question you're going to ask yourself is, what are some areas I could cut back, reduce, challenge, adjust, eliminate, or negotiate to find that dollar amount. And if every time you get a raise or every six months or once a year, you reevaluate this and you ask yourself the same question, how can I find just one more percent? The incremental small changes that overall have a major and significant impact on your future finances will start to unfold. And this is why your savings rate is such a game changer for our clients. Drop the mic, y'all. I'm telling you, they start to create a game out of it and they want to keep finding just one more percent at a time. And what happens is if you find 1% now and then you wait six months, you've gotten used to that new lifestyle. And then six months later, you say, okay, I want to find 1% more. I need to find a 
you know, $40 more, you do it again and you're making very small changes. So you're not feeling a huge major sacrifice. It's just a little bit at a time and it can be very motivating. It can make a person feel like they're in such control and they're doing good things. And not that everything is perfect with the choices we make and the way we spend money. And maybe we went a little over in one part of our budget, but by golly, I raised my savings rate by just one more percent. So if you can keep doing that, it is very realistic to say that over time. This is why, you know, we just had a client post last month in our Facebook group that they, you know, had a raise, they got a raise at the end of the last year. So January was the first month that it kicked in. And, you know, they have been clients of ours for gosh, you know, seven years now, very long time. So they're very, you know, doing great things with their money, very good um, stewards with their money. And they decided to put all of it towards savings or towards their financial progress, I will say. And their savings rate last month, you guys, was 66%. So 66 cents of every dollar they make goes towards their financial future. And they are not sacrificing. They have a beautiful home. Their kids are involved in activities like karate and theater and that sort of thing. They enjoy taking vacations together. The 30 4% that they're spending, they're just spending it in the best ways possible for their family, and they don't have anything extra that isn't important to them. So their savings rate can be really high. I typically shoot for a savings rate of 30% for our family. So this whole 10 to 20%, you guys, while you might be starting at 2%, you might be starting at something really low. That is okay. That is your starting point. And every six months, if you can just increase it by 1%, and then when you get a raise, let's say you get a 3% raise, raise your savings rate by 3%. It's a huge jump and you will feel so good about it. So just to recap, your net worth and your savings rate are very important numbers to know. Even if you don't calculate them monthly, that is okay. We've got some great spreadsheets for you to download that will help you calculate these things. You can find your numbers, you can enter in your numbers, um, and it will help you to calculate your net worth and your savings rate. And then there are also two handouts that guide you through what to ask yourself, how to challenge it, all the math and all the numbers that I listed in this episode. It's all included on those handouts. And you can find that at fiscalfitnessphx.com forward slash episode 88. And I cannot wait to hear from you. Please share with us in our Facebook group, the Fiscal Fitness Facebook group, how this exercise goes for you and what sort of revelations you experience. Talk to you guys later. If you would like more information about how we can help you take the stress out of money with one-on-one financial coaching, please check out our website, www.fiscalfitnessphx.com. And please join our private Facebook group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash fiscal fitness money. And if you have a passion for personal finance and are interested in helping others take the stress out of money by becoming a financial coach, check out our financial coach training program at www.financialcoachacademy.com and join our free Facebook group by searching Facebook for Financial Coaches Unite. We'll see you on the next episode of the Fiscal Fitness Podcast, where we'll help the world take the stress out of money. 